Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dorney's Vinyl. If you're new to this podcast, thank you for listening and tuning in. This is a very interesting podcast episode for you to listen to. Um, usually I am doing album podcasts, and but this season, season three, I've decided to do something different and do a weekly podcast as well. And in between those album podcasts to do fun things like playing games and doing just informational kind of things, uh, informational podcasts. So I've done on this date where I've just looked at a random date on the Billboard charts and told told you guys what the top 10 albums were on the Billboard 200 and the Hot 100. And moving forward, it's going to be like, I, I just have interesting ideas to do. I should call it EP for extended podcast. I think that'd be funny. But this week's episode is uh, a little bit, of, a, a while back I read Meatloaf's autobiography to Helen Back, and I basically did a book review of interesting stories that I found from that album about Meatloaf um, that you can't, you wouldn't necessarily find on, like, interview, just things that only Meatloaf would, would write in a book, I guess, in- interesting little tidbits like that. So I it, this was pre-recorded, so I'm going to do a little bit of a transition here. And we'll see how it goes. So thank you for listening. All right. So I will get into... Um, so this is a new kind of segment, if I haven't already said this. It's a new segment that I'll be doing for this podcast where I've, I've wanted to start getting into reading and reading artist biographies and autobiographies and just books about artists and things like that. So obviously the first one I was going to read is Meatloaf's to Helen Back Autobiography. I'm a huge Meatloaf fan. Most of these stories I kind of knew already. There were some interesting stories that I found, though, so I will just talk about them. Um, I'm, yeah, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to kind of talk about some of the interesting stories I found. I'm not going to talk about all of them because I want people, other people to read the book. It's a great book. Um, but it's an autobiography that Meatloaf did with help from David Dalton. It only tells the story of Meatloaf up to about the year 2000, though, even like before that. I think this book came out in 1998, so it only tells up to them, up to then. Um, but that's kind of the most interesting th- parts about Meatloaf that I think there are. So I will just tell some of my favorite stories. So first off, Meatloaf had 17 total concussions. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount. 17, and all, and he remembers how he got all of his concussions. And one of them, the most interesting one to me, was he was in a bathroom at a hotel and just bashed his head through a wall because he was angry at something. I don't remember what he was angry at, but he was angry at something. So that's the most interesting concussion. All right. So I have about eight stories that I found most interesting about Meatloaf. So first off, when he was a kid, there's a story where... and So his birth name is Marvin Marvin Leaday. And he eventually changed his name to Michael Leaday, but everyone knows him as Meatloaf. But he doesn't like his name Marvin because and Meat because Meatloaf was a bigger guy um, and a big kid too. But there is a commercial where it would say poor poor fat Marvin can't wear Levi's, and so he was just really upset at that because his name was Marvin. He was a little fat and he couldn't wear Levi's, so he never wears Levi's. There's another story. Um, so Meatloaf when he first went out to California was in the got picked up by someone to go to the Beach Boys a party at the Beach Boys house which the Beach Boys I guess weren't at and the guy was telling Meatloaf all this weird conspiracy stuff I guess 
and Meatloaf said that he saw the guy's picture in the newspaper a, day, a few days later, and it was it was um, Charles Manson. And Charles Manson, I believe, is the big cult leader or something like that. So, yeah, he met Charles Manson. Didn't know it was Charles Manson. Another story. So, um, Meatloaf was was actually an actor before he was a singer, as most people as most people know. Um, and so he did plays and he mostly did musicals. But he actually auditioned for a Shakespeare play, As You Like It, and got the part and was doing all and but like couldn't read Shakespeare. And so he ended up kind of just making it humorous and people thought it was funny. So that's another story I, I liked. There's another story. So him and Jim Steinman would go and borrow record studio rooms to do their duets. And he was doing a song and Jim was writing the piano and he got angry at something, I guess, and broke a piano in the record studio. Um, broke the pedals off of it and then used chewing gum to put the pedals back on and they just left and they just hightailed out of there for the next person to break it and find out what happened. Um, another story, so I wrote in parentheses the moment and I put the page number on 133 so I don't quite remember what this moment was but uh, the moment, so the moment that Bad Out of Hell kind of gained popularity. I know this story. I've, I've talked about this story. So Meatloaf was performing at CBS Records at like a convention that they had. And he was performing for Crying Out Loud. And the audience loved it so much. Billy Joel was in the audience. And, and the story is that Billy Joel started the applause. And then, so after they played for Crying Out Loud, they did then did Johnny Be Good, which is a Chuck Berry song. But it's like a high, it's a high power Chuck Berry and so that the people there were just like standing on tables. They were joining the band on stage, just dancing around. And Meatloaf said that was the moment that they broke through with Bad Out of Hell and became popular. And then we get into kind of a little bit of a couple sad stories. So there's a story about Meatloaf's Bad for Good. Bad for Good was supposed to be the second album that Meatloaf did after Bad Out of Hell. Um, but so there, and I understand this, but Jim Simon was a little upset that Meatloaf was getting all the credit because he wrote the songs. Um, so he was getting a little bit upset at that. Meatloaf was the the main person. People didn't even know who Jim Jim Steinman were really, and so he went to go work on Bat Bad for Good with Roy Bitten without telling Meatloaf. And Meatloaf was upset upset at that because him and Jim were supposed to be like best friends. But Jim's off with another pianist working on an album without him, and so that kind of put a strain on their relationship. That's what Meatloaf said. Um, put a little bit of a strain on their relationship. And then, so another story, so Meatloaf eventually got, a, a, you know, bad things happened, he didn't want to do, I, I think it was he didn't want to release, an, or he couldn't release an album right away, and so people just continued, or the record company were, would sue, and I think it was three people sued him for five million dollars, and he lost all three lawsuits, and lost five million dollars, and so the IRS actually came to him and the IR and obvious and the IRS everyone talks bad about the IRS the IRS actually helped Meatloaf out a little bit and they said that they wanted to help him because he had he went through all these lawsuits and they, he didn't have much at the time and they really and they wanted to help him out because they said like his case was the worst that they've they've ever seen and last the story that last story i have is is um is bad for good so bad or not bad for good bad out of hell too so, you know, Meatloaf and Jim Steinman kind of went their own ways, and then they ended up being in the same, um, I think it was, I think the, Meatloaf said that Jim was working on Bonnie Tyler's 
second album after Faster Than the Speed of Night, the second album that he was working on, and they, they were in the same studio, and they were talking, and they had ended up having dinner, and they were talked about doing a Bad Out of Hell 2, and it took a while for them it to come together, because Jim Steinman was all, always busy, but Bad Out of Hell and Bad Out of Hell 2 ended up coming together, and again, the record studios didn't want to do it, uh, because they thought Meatloaf was done. One record studio did it, and it ended up selling 25 million copies, and Meatloaf it had a number one hit on it, and Meatloaf and Jim Simon were back. So those were just, you know, some of my favorite stories. You know, the Charles Manson one, I've, I have no idea. But Meatloaf, Meatloaf, I will say, Meatloaf tells great stories. If you have time, I would highly recommend reading Meatloaf's autobiography. It's called To Hell and Back. I really enjoyed it, and I just wanted to share this on a podcast that make this podcast more than just albums. Make it books, too, and books and movies. So thanks for listening. All right, I know that was a bit of an abrupt ending, but I just wanted to come back and say thank you guys for listening to that little segment that I did. Uh, there will be more segments about like like this in Season 3 as we move forward. Thanks for listening. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl. You can send me an email, dorneysvinyl at gmail.com. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys next week for an album podcast. <laughs>